0: Good morning and welcome to another episode of crime over coffee we're your hosts i'm erica
1: and i'm abby and today i'm going to tell you part three of the day bell vallow case support yourselves a strong cup of joe and let's dive in We will continue on with our content for this week's episode shortly, but first we wanted to take a moment to let you know about an opportunity to listen to even more Crime Over Coffee content. By signing up for our Patreon, you can receive ad-free episodes and additional content. To check out this opportunity and sign up for the Crime Over Coffee Patreon, visit www.patreon.com slash crimeovercoffeepod. Thank you again for all of your support. Welcome back everyone to part three of the Daybell Vallow case. I'm going to give the same disclaimer i've given in the others uh there's a part one and two so i do recommend listening to those before this one if you don't you will probably be pretty confused and this case does deal with crimes against children and i just always want to give a heads up on that one so if that really bothers you you might want to skip these additionally this is a case that is still active and unfolding and as we record this one in march of 2023 There is still stuff happening legally and we will do a follow-up or updated episode later on when all of that finally wraps where we left off last time um we were kind of starting to see this shift a little bit more engagement coming from the people who are believing that the end of the world is coming and that some people are zombies and At this point, just to kind of give you a brief wrap-up, Charles Vallow has been shot by Alex Cox in quote-unquote self-defense, and he is no longer alive. Following this, Lori takes her kids, JJ and Tylee, and along with Alex Cox, her brother, they move to Idaho to be closer to Chad Daybell, who lives there with his wife Tammy. And I know at least one of their kids lives there at this time. I'm not sure how many. It's assumed or thought that Alex Cox has shot at Brandon, who was married to Lori's niece, and at Tammy Daybell. I don't know how much it's proven, but that's what's been assumed, and this is after we are hearing or reading text messages from Chad to Lori claiming that that these people are either demons or zombies. And we now know that there is a full-on rating system that numbers people they know and claims that they are light and dark, and it's on, like, a ranking system. Now, there there is an attempted shooting on Tammy Daybell that occurred on October 9th. On October 19th, Garth Daybell, which is one of the, the couple's kids, had found that his mom, Tammy, was in bed and had actually passed away. And he went and told Chad, who called 911. Now, the coroner comes in, and I would, I'll say Tammy was 49 at this time. And the coroner comes in and says it appears to be natural causes. And because of this, the Daybell children actually decline an autopsy. And I guess that Tammy had had some health issues prior. Please tell me, and maybe you don't know, but was tammy cremated no she was buried okay
0: i have no idea where this is going but i'm having hopes that we can come back and do an autopsy later on we'll see what what the story
1: brings here's something that is a little suspicious at the time one of these things is that there are obviously a few kind of texts that are concerning as i mentioned the one where chad's saying that Tammy is now the demon Viola. Another text that had occurred, and this was between Chad and Lori too, was, quote, I don't think my plan can move forward until the spouses are dead. And going on again to talk about demons and bodies, kind of concerning, obviously. Another thing that happens is Alex Cox was actually seen just a couple miles from the Daybell's residence the day that Tammy was found dead. I just have a quick question. So, Alex is Lori's brother but how is
0: he so caught up in this that he's the one going around attempting to murder people and murdering people and being suspicious in deaths like why is he always there I don't understand that
1: how he got roped into it yeah I mean they they grew up in the same church and I think unfortunately Lori and Alex kind of appear to be able to be a little bit more manipulated under Chad's word and what he's saying and preaching or whatever. And it sounds like Alex is just as roped into this. And I'm guessing part of that comes from his true belief that everything Chad is saying is fact. Another thing that I want to mention about Tammy's death that's a little concerning is that before her death they did Chad and Tammy did sign an application to increase her insurance to like the maximum insurance policy because of this after her death Chad received four hundred and thirty thousand dollars from her life insurance policy was that Chad's idea for her to increase that I'm not sure but I'm gonna I'm gonna go out on a limb and guess probably I'm gonna jump in a little bit about this kind of group think this group mindset that's happening. I've talked about the end of times. Chad does eventually kind of give a date. And that date is going to be July 22nd, 2020. And he's saying the world's going to end. A bunch of people are going to die unless you are a part of this this thing that he's going to lead because the angels are telling him they're doing what they need to do to be saved and lead on life after. There's a few more people, I mean, quite a few more people that are involved with this whole thought process. And they start kind of like, Marrying each other and living next to each other, Alex actually ends up marrying another um, woman who's involved in all this as well. That's it's not all necessarily relevant, but it's still like pointing to the fact that they're doing this like kind of prep thing for when they think the world's going to end.
0: So, as I mentioned at the beginning of part one, I am very unfamiliar with this case. Like, I I sort of know a few things about it. Like I know the basis about it, but I never really, I never looked into it because when it started unfolding, it was decided that Abby would cover it. And so I stayed out of it until we got to a point where we would cover it. But I never would have imagined that it was this in depth and that there was this many people involved in everything that's going on. It's, it's wild to hear how many people were involved in like this delusion
1: and how many people were willing to take part in this basically blindly follow Chad. It's really sad. It's really insane. And it's definitely in my eyes going to be one of those, like later on after it's finally all like unfolded, one of those kind of cult type stories that people are talking about. And as I mentioned in the previous episode, Family members of JJ and Tylee have not really heard from them and they're starting to get a little bit more concerned about the welfare of these kids. We're getting into, you know, late fall of 2019 and JJ and Tylee's family is concerned. One of JJ's grandparents, Kay, is trying to get in contact with Lori to talk to JJ. And she doesn't have any direct contact with JJ for like two months. And she is finally like, I'm done with this, and calls the police department and asks for a wellness check on JJ. How old's JJ at this point? Because you said Tyler's 16. JJ is seven years old. Okay. I just wasn't sure where we were at in their lives with ages. Kay wasn't even sure really where they were they had actually some members in the family i'm not i'm not sure exactly who but they were able to look at amazon orders that were still being made under charles's account and found a shipping address which was to rexburg idaho and that's how they kind of try to make a point of contact and they find so that's where Lori's living and on november 26 2019 the police go to Lori's house and she's not there but alex is there and so is chad And they're like, we were asked to do a welfare check on JJ. And they are like, oh, well, we're pretty sure he's with his grandma, Kay. And they're like, pretty sure not. Because she's the one that called in the welfare check. What? I got really excited that they just screwed (laughs) themselves. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's cause for alarm right there. And as I mentioned, this whole group's kind of living by each other. So they're in this like apartment complex and they're living kind of right next to each other. And they're like, where's Lori? They're like, well, she's, she's over in this other, it was one of the other apartments, basically. They go talk to her and Lori is like, oh, JJ's fine. He's with Melanie Gibb, our friend who lives in Arizona. And she was someone I mentioned earlier that was within the church and she knew them and she was friends with them, but not to the, the she wasn't really underneath this, chad is the lord and savior umbrella what happens is they call melanie and melanie's like uh nope i do not have him and they have a phone call where melanie calls um laurie and chad and she's like why would you tell them that and they're like well they make some comment about everything's fine and why would you question it like they're really gaslighting her and she's like if we were really friends you wouldn't have lied and said i had these kids it's at this point that the police are like all right we are not confirmed that the kids are okay so they get a search warrant and they go and the house is like empty the apartments are empty they had all took taken off and moved out wow they dipped out fast oh yeah on november 27th 2019 They call Colby or they go to Colby's house and they're asking if he has any idea where the kids are. And he's like, no, I can't get, I have not been able to communicate with them. And he's, you know, bringing the information about texting Tylee and he was a little concerned because it didn't sound like her and all this stuff. Basically, this is when the case really started to go like national. This is when a lot of us started to hear about it because they basically put up a thing with JJ and Tylee's photos and they're like we don't know where they are anybody with information let us know we're looking for them we're concerned for them as the the search is going on for JJ and Tylee they find out that Lori has actually been spotted with Chad in Hawaii and so police are there and they locate Lori and Chad and they find out they had fled to Hawaii and on November 5th, 2019, actually got married on the beach there. They have a ton of photos that they were able to find of the wedding and the kids were not there. At some point, they get a search warrant for Lori's car and they actually pull her over. Her and Chatter in the car and they get out and they give her the warrant. And she's just not responding she's not saying anything about where the kids are and the police still don't really have anything and so they tell her you need to physically bring your kids to us and show that they are safe by it was a certain date i don't remember how long after or you're going to be arrested what they they do end up finding out Based on this, you know, this timeline I'm talking about when they got married. It was just a couple of weeks after Tammy Daybell's memorial. And they actually had ordered the wedding ring using, I'm pretty sure, Charles's account before Tammy even died. Before Tammy died? This is looking pretty suspicious, guys. Just saying. Uh huh. We get to a point where we hit that date and Lori has not physically produced her kids and they arrest her. And she's just saying the kids are safe, but she's not talking about where they are. Something I want to note that Erica and I kind of mentioned a little bit, not while we were recording, we are talking about this a little bit. The fact that it took so long for the family to really get involved or involve the police, I would say. I think part of it is because You know, Lori was acting very strange and kind of crazy, but she had always been a good mom to the kids. Mm -hmm. She finds out that way back when, when Colby, her son, her older son, was being harmed by her husband at the time, she left and, like, took them away. Like, everybody was under the impression that she was a good mom. And Colby even states that she was as such before all this stuff starts to unfold. And I think they didn't want to believe really that she could have done anything to hurt them. And there's even like interviews with Lori's mom and I think sister during all this. And they're like, there's no way. The kids are probably safe. There's no way Lori did anything. We really don't believe she would do anything to harm her kids.
0: Everybody, I feel like that's a pretty common mindset. Like there are very few people Mm -hmm. out there that are like, oh, well, Yep, they for sure would have murdered their children, you know. Um I think everybody wants to see the best in people and it's hard to imagine that a mother would want to murder their their own children. So I mm-hmm. get their perspective and I I'm sure this was a very tough time to be seen and having like these concerns and to be like yeah. having to be asked these questions. I there's a lot of people in my life, a lot of mothers in my life where if somebody came up to me and said You know, did you think that they ever would have murdered their children? My answer would almost always be, I don't think there's anybody in my life that I would be like, yeah, sure. I could see that. Yeah. But it's also, as we've seen from many episodes and years of doing this, anybody can be a murderer. We don't know. Yeah.
1: There's no way for us outside of it to try to even remotely judge where our mindset would be. You have no idea, you know? I think the biggest thing is to make sure there's no blame being put on the victims, and that can also include the families. Police obviously are digging into this. They're trying to find JJ and Tylee, and they're looking through electronic stuff that they have confiscated, and Um, like Lori's phone and whatnot and they end up finding a photo from September 8th of 2019 and it's a photo that has Tylee, JJ, and Alex in it and the photo is of the three of them visiting Yellowstone National Park and so police are asking if anybody saw them there the photo they appear to be okay but they're trying to get some more information They were looking into some text messages that Chad also had sent to Tammy on September 9th, so the day after that photo was taken. They see a text from Chad to Tammy, quote, I spotted a big raccoon along the fence. I hurried and got my gun and he was still walking along. I got close enough that one shot did the trick. He is now in our pet cemetery, end quote. They also were able to look at, Alex Cox's GPS, and right around that time, they catch him at the property. They were a little concerned because this was during the day and you know, raccoons typically are pretty nocturnal. And at this point, they are pretty sure they need to go look at Chad's property. I'm concerned that they're not talking about an actual raccoon. That was kind of their thought as well. They're able to see, like I said, that Alex was at Chad Daybell's house in September. And they're looking at the text. And what they know is that on September 22nd, 2019 was the last time that JJ was seen. And they talked to Melanie Gibb. I've mentioned a couple of times throughout this story. Her and her boyfriend, David, were staying with Lori. And this is when they were in Rexburg, Idaho. They were staying with them one weekend. And on the night of September 22nd, David said that he saw Alex carrying JJ into Lori's apartment. And then the next morning, he mentioned something about seeing JJ. And Lori told him that JJ was being a zombie so Alex had to take him away and so they're concerned now that JJ was actually dead at this time and there's a lot of beliefs that Tylee was likely already dead at this time as well. On December 10th they do decide to exhume Tammy Daybell's body Yes, which I know Erica had brought up previously. As far as I can tell they have not released an actual cause of death yet but I do want to say Chad and Tammy's kids have come forward saying they don't think their dad did anything to her and they do think their mom died of the natural causes. Take that as you will. I think we'll learn more about that as this continues to unfold. But the day after this, so December 11th, Alex Cox, he was 51 years old at the time, he actually died. Um, it was at his home. He was living in Arizona with his wife that I mentioned previously. It was a, it was a blood clot in his lung, But uh, I guess that runs in the family. So they weren't that concerned, but it's also suspicious that right after Tammy is exhumed, he dies. And I think there's some more concern about looking into that. I don't know if anything's come of it quite yet. As I mentioned, the case is still unfolding. On June 9th, 2020, the FBI is able to partner with Rexburg Police in Idaho and the Fremont County Sheriff's Office and they are able to get a warrant to go examine chad daybell's home and property from what they were able to see with alex's phone pinging they were able to pinpoint it to chad's backyard and with talking about the pet cemetery they kind of figured there was a pet cemetery there and they wanted to look in that area as well they start digging and unfortunately they do find human remains And they are able to identify these human remains as JJ and Tylee. JJ had been buried under a tree out in the backyard. And they did find Tylee buried in the pet cemetery. So JJ and Tylee were buried about 50 yards apart. This causes even more concern because they really do think that text Chad sent Tammy was about Tylee. Especially since they found no raccoon buried in there. They did find that the remains of... Ty Lee had been dismembered and burned as well. I do not believe they've actually shared exactly what their cause of death was still unfolding. So we won't get ahead of ourselves anyway. That'll be covered in our update episode. Now, while all this is unfolding and the police come to Chad Daybell's um, home, he actually calls Lori and she's in jail at this point or in prison. And they're talking and he's on the phone saying they're here. And she's like, Oh, okay she's like are they in the house and he goes no they're in the backyard they're digging and she's like oh and you can hear it you like there's no doubt they know they're gonna get caught and Chad actually takes off and takes off down the road and police are able to catch him and arrest him good I'm still kind of mad that Alex died I would like would have liked for him to also go to jail it would have been helpful to have one the information he has and two to bring some more justice to that situation. At this point, we do have Chad and Lori both in prison. Initially, Chad is charged with destroying or concealing two sets of human remains. They both end up being indicted by a grand jury for multiple counts of conspiracy to commit first-degree murder and grand theft by deception, first-degree murder, and conspiracy to commit first-degree murder-related Charges for J.J. and Tylee, but the same ones. Mm -hmm. Additionally, Chad gets charged first-degree murder for Tammy's death and two counts of insurance fraud. And Lori had been taking money out of something to do with the kid's social security benefits, and so she was charged with grand theft charge for this. Additionally, additionally, she ends up getting charged with the death of Charles Vallow as well. I don't know what the exact charge for that one is. It might have just been some type of conspiracy charge because I'm pretty sure if Alex was still around would be charging him with that death. There's a lot of ups and downs on actually going to trial. Originally, they were going to be tried together. And, you know, this is during COVID. And also Lori's trial starts to get pushed back because they are... Determining that she's not fit to stand trial, um, she's still acting kind of, you know. Well, she's still believing certain things are happening that clearly aren't. They are set to start going to trial soon. They are going to be tried separately. Um, Lori has been deemed fit to stand trial, and I think it's going to be starting here shortly. And as I mentioned, we are recording this March thirtieth of twenty twenty three and i'm not gonna get too much further into anything else until all that has unfolded and we'll go a little bit more in depth something i want to mention at the end of you know the end of this is I pulled a lot of information from the docu-series on Netflix and I do really recommend watching it. You get a lot more information about the family and you really get to see Lori, her character throughout this because there's a lot of recorded phone conversations between her and Colby and some other people and you can see her demeanor a lot better. So I do recommend watching it, it's a great great docu-series, very in-depth and thank you guys for listening. We will keep you posted. You'll see an updated episode once this all finally unfolds, and Chad and Lori are actually tried for all of these deaths. Thanks to listening to this week's episode of Crime Over Coffee. You can find us on Instagram at Crime Over Coffee, or on Facebook at Crime Over Coffee Podcast, where all of our photo and video content for each episode can be found. You can also email us your thoughts and case suggestions at at outlook.com. All of our sources can be found in the show notes for each episode. If you would like, you can support us by going to anchor.fm slash crimeovercoffee. You can also support us by recommending us to friends and family, giving us a good review on Apple Podcasts, or subscribing to us on your favorite podcast listening platform. Thanks again, and we'll see you next time.